When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Big Nickel IDP podcast. I am your host, John Macri, fantasy analyst at PFF, and I am here with you today for the last time before the regular season. Uh, with the offseason reaching its finale, that means it's also Big Nickel season finale time. We've done a ton of talking and projecting for the regular season. We've covered hundreds of IDPs along the way. We shared plenty of thoughts, shared plenty of laughs, shed some tears when Ivan Pace went undrafted, rejoiced when it was clear that we were right and the NFL was wrong. And now we wrap it all up with the godfather of IDP to talk about some of our favorite IDPs for 2023. So for one last time, let's get it. Right. It is my guy's time where we talk about our favorite IDPs for the 2023 season. And speaking of favorites, one of my favorites is here to go through this exercise with me once again for the third straight year. He is a writer at Bleacher Report, The Athletic, Football Diehards, Football Guys, NBC Sports Edge, and Fantasy Sharks. And I'm probably even leaving some out. He is the godfather of IDP, Mr. Gary Davenport. Gary Thank you for being here, and I'm sorry if I missed anything at the top there. Oh, I forget them sometimes when people ask where all I work, so don't feel bad at all. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. And you know what? At least we made it through this offseason without a Blake Martinez incident. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we didn't have, like, a top 10 guy just suddenly get cut a week before the season starts and and just leave all of us like, what, what just happened? So we got through the... At least we managed that. So I feel like yeah. we're we're going into 2023 with positive momentum. That's right. That's right. And now that you've said that, there's a very good chance that this weekend somebody is going to up and retire. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure, I, I think it was last year, we were there was somebody we talked about and we ended up jinxing. It might have been Blake Martinez, too. I can't remember who it was, but we, we jinxed somebody last year where, where something happened. But... Um, yeah, it, it has been nice that for the most part, we've been pretty safe this year, at least, you know, no crazy like injuries IDP wise. We, we survived the preseason without losing like a lot of our key stars. I know, you know, Shaquille Leonard's dealing with something, but, uh, Chase Young's still coming back, but these guys, these are not injuries that are expected to be season ending. So that that's been kind of nice. So, um, always good to get through the preseason and get into week one with, uh, everybody mostly healthy for sure. Well, and Shaquille Leonard's always dealing with something. So yeah, what are you yeah. going to do? Yeah, <laughs> that's how you know it's it's week one coming around the corners because guys like Shaquille Leonard is dealing with an injury. Jamal Adams is still dealing with an injury, things like that. So um, there's no better sign that that football season is about to start than some of those guys reminding us why they are a pain to own for IDP. So um, yeah, we, we, we're, we're going to talk about more of like our favorite guys for this episode, at least. And, and I'm excited for this one because we do just get to be kind of positive about our favorite IDPs before the season. Um, might be like, 
like maybe our last bit of predominantly positive content that we get to do because we know the regular season can be pretty soul crushing at at times. So we'll we'll enjoy this while we can. Uh, we each have a few players who we either typically target in drafts or have ranked higher than consensus. However, we want to claim them as my guys works for me. So uh, without further ado, let's get into it and we'll start things off with one of your guys, Gary. Uh, who do you have at the edge position? You know what? And I've been a big supporter of the guy all summer long. John Norton at Football Guys, snipe, when he sniped me at the Kings Classic butt kiss division draft, not <laughs> only did he snipe me, but we're there live, Pro Football Hall of Fame, all sitting around a U-shaped table. He just shoots me this evil smirk wow. as he's yanking my guy out from under me. That's and funny. I haven't forgotten it, and I will I will have my vengeance one day. That's Matt Judon of the New England Patriots. You know, 60 tackles each of the last two years, at least a dozen or 12 and a half sacks, I believe, each of the last two years. I think he had 15 and a half last year. You know, he was top 20 in QB hits and hurries. And the best thing about him is he's got DL1 upside, but he's usually going to be available in DL2 territory. It's not unusual for him to drop outside the top 15. And he's one of those guys, I think, that with true position taken over and the 3-4 edge rushers joining the 4-3 defensive ends as quote-unquote defensive linemen, that added depth has led to some guys kind of flying over, under the radar. And I think Judon's a great example of that. Yeah, he he's, he really is actually a really good example because he's done nothing but be an elite IDP since heading to the Patriots, which is not something many defensive players can say when it comes to Bill Belichick's defense either. So, you know, Bill has uh, has leaned on him pretty hard. Like he's played a minimum of 850 defensive snaps in each of the past two seasons, um, had a 70 plus pass rush grade each year, at least 63 pressures per year. Like you said, he hit those double digits sacks each year as well i think as long as he maintains those strong pass rush metrics and and playing time he's a great bet to re repeat that production from these past two seasons and yeah i'm glad to see like people aren't like overvaluing his sack numbers from last year which is smart but he's still like a nice safe like high volume good pass rusher to target as your edge too like you said a lot of the time so I'm, I'm definitely into it i like where he's priced right now i feel like that's about right and um I'm very happy to get him if i can get him as my defensive end too for sure um my first guy here so i went with i went with josh allen of the jacksonville jaguars uh so he comes in actually as my edge nine on the season not somebody that you actually have to draft inside the top 10 edge defenders right now, but he's absolutely one of my favorites, like as one of the best bets, I think, to finish inside that range, in my opinion. And he was my dark horse to kind of become um, edge one overall this year. The thing that has Allen's like his ADP push down, I think has to be that he's only had one season with, with uh, one season out of four with double digit sack. So people continue to kind of overvalue past year's sack totals as though they're, they're stable year to year. But as we know, they're, they're far from stable. So, the actual stable metrics that typically create those sacks and opportunities for sacks are, are what we should be looking for. And, and Allen checks all the boxes in that regard. So last year, he set a new career high in pass rush grade with a 79.4. 
He, he set a high win rate, 14.6, and pressure rate at 14.8, but only delivered the six sacks on the season. So the other positive for Allen is that he's playing on this defensive line that doesn't have any options that should push him or Trayvon Walker for playing time. So his playing time has actually increased every year that he's been in the league, recently playing 77% of the team's defensive snaps. I think being on the field so much, um, he, he's been able to post strong tackle numbers every year as well. He totaled 129 total tackles over the past two seasons combined, which is inside the top five at his position. He's got a history of strong and improving pass rush metrics, ranked inside the top 20 in the NFL and QB hits last season. Um, elite tackle production, no concerns about playing time. I I've talked about guys that are in for positive regression in the sack column before Max Crosby, obviously being the biggest one from last year, working out Jalen Phillips has been the other big name this off season. And Josh Allen is right there with Phillips when looking at the sacks versus expected totals, just to be at like maybe a slightly lesser extent, but another year could push him either way. And there's a chance that he at least could be this year's Max Crosby, even though there isn't really a true 2023 Max Crosby because nobody gets that level of playing time. But Josh Allen has nearly as good a chance as Jalen Phillips in that regard. And, and we can draft him much, much cheaper right now since most people are, are kind of on to Phillips by now. Just had to bring Max Crosby up after you beat us all to death with him in the IDP championship of the universe, didn't you? Yeah, that was one for me. I think I got on the uh, hey, fifth round in that. <laughs> you had the best team in that league from the beginning to the end. Yeah, <laughs> and is, it's that... not. It's kind. It's kind of rare that you see that happen. That the actual best team in a league actually winds up winning the championship. But oh yeah, you took it to me in the championship game, if I remember right. <laughs> I was worried I, that I was going to go like the Patriots route and go undefeated and lose in the finals, to be honest, but I'm glad it worked out. I'm with you on Allen. I, the, the talent's there. Like you said, the pass rush metrics are there. He's due for a year where some of those pressures and some of those hurries convert into sacks. I've seen some drafts where he drops quite a bit, and I've seen others where there are gentlemen such as yourself who are like, no, I want to get a piece of Josh Allen this season. So I've seen him bounce around quite a bit so far as where he's being drafted. Yeah, for sure. He's been he's been kind of all over the place and typically somebody that I can get later, but you're right. There's absolutely drafts that are maybe a little bit sharper and they're on to these kind of things. And he does send, uh, tend to go a little bit sooner. But yeah, just, just somebody that I've been scooping up a lot of in drafts this year. But um Tell us about another one of your uh, your guys here on the edge. Okay, you're going to go with a veteran face in a new place with Zadarius Smith of the Cleveland Browns. Had at least 44 tackles and double-digit sacks in his last three healthy seasons. He did have this lost season with the neck injury, but in his last three healthy years, productive all three seasons, including last year. He was 11th in pass rush win rate, <laughs> excuse me, win rate last year. And I mean, he's playing opposite Miles Garrett. So it's not like he's going to be double teamed ever. Again, it's kind of like the same with Judon. I tend, even now, especially with the increased depth on the edge, I favor linebackers early in drafts. I'm not going to lie. I like to load up on linebackers <laughs> because in most leagues, they're, you know, the foundation for your team. They're going to be the most consistent guys. And at a lot of most tackle, especially tackle heavy formats, they're going to be your high scoring guy. So I find myself tar looking a lot for, okay, who's a guy I can get in the, you know, 14 to 18 range who I think has a legitimate shot at cracking the top 10. 
And I think Zadarius Smith could do that this year. Yeah, I'm I'm like right on par with you because I have him as edge 14. So I, I love Zadarius this year. Um, he was like on my like honorable mentions list here for the my guys. I'll, I'll go, I'll throw them out um, rapid fire at the end there. But one of my, easily one of my favorite signings of the offseason as well. I, I think just an underrated player that that the Browns were able to scoop up there and What's crazy about Smith, he basically, like, he didn't play almost at all in 2021 because of that back injury. He was essentially written off, goes to the Vikings, and then plays some of the best football of his career. He was unreal last year. He had an 84.7 pass rush grade, 78 pressures, hit double-digit sacks, like you said, for the third time in four years. Really three seasons in a row, because I'm not counting 2021. But I think he gives the Browns, like, a real chance to have two double digit sack players in a season for the first time in maybe forever. It, it hasn't happened since Miles Garrett was drafted. I haven't seen it in like the last maybe 20 years. I don't know. You tell me, you, has this ever happened in, in Cleveland where there's been two players to get double digit sacks? I can't think of a year that it happened. And I mean, I've been a Browns fan for a long time. <laughs> yeah. And so. you know, it's just, he's easily the best. I'll do respect to JJV and Clowney. Smith is the best pass rusher that Garrett has played across from. And you, when you've got those two excellent edge guys, it just gives the, the opposing offenses fits because what are you going to do? You can't double them both. And if you're going to double one guy, it's going to be Garrett. So Smith, I mean, he's getting those win rates a lot of times against double teams last year. What's he going to do when he's being single blocked all the time? He's going to eat. That's what he's going to do. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm excited to see what their defensive line looks like this year. I even really like Dalvin Tomlinson getting in there too, like giving them some help on the interior. I think, I think we could. I I really have a feeling we could see double digit sacks from two guys on in on Cleveland for the first time, maybe ever. I I don't know. We'll have to like somebody fact check that. But it's snuck been a very long time. Snuck in there and grab Shelby Harris late. Oh yeah. Uh, got Akaronquo that they can rotate in as that third edge oh. guy. Oh, I love what the Browns did. And the defensive yeah. line wasn't air outside of Miles Garrett was an area of weakness, and they did a yeah. great job addressing that in the offseason. Now yeah, the linebackers are another story, but it's the Browns <laughs> can't have everything. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, they, they. I love what they did with their defensive line. I, I, I think it'll work out nicely for them. I mean, it's it's a tough division, but. We'll see. I think they could. I think they could put something together there, especially if Deshaun Watson bounces back. But we'll see what happens um, in Cleveland this year. Should be fun. Um, I put another one of my my guys here on the defensive line. I went with the defensive tackle. So this was one. I think I'm 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 typically surprised to see people pass on in drafts. Um, it's Javon Hargrave of the San Francisco 49ers. So maybe it's going to a new team. I think is and maybe thinking that his role is going to be different. I'm not sure what what why people are, are maybe lower on him but i i still love hargrave this year he, he's my dt2 for 2023 behind only aaron donald and don't get me wrong i love quinn and williams um they're super close but you don't have to spend anywhere near the draft capital to get hargrave that you do for quinn or aaron donald you know if i look at some of the drafts that i've done this year um that are dt required looking at the idp invitational i got hargrave in the 17th round as dt9 after quinn went as dt1 in the eighth round um DeForest Buckner went as DT2 in that round in in the ninth round so almost seven eight rounds later um getting Hargrave the IDP only championship of the universe we're in together I got him as DT7 um in the seventh round I know Aaron Donald went in the third Quinnen and, and Wilkins went in in the fourth round as well so somebody that I've been able to get a little bit later but I'm very happy with um 
At last year, he earned the third highest pass rush grade for the position, a 90.8 behind only Dexter Lawrence, uh, who I also love, and Chris Jones, who ended up having 15 sacks. So Hargrave posted 11 sacks last year, along with 60 tackles. 10 were tackles for loss. He added 16 QB hits on top of all that. Was a really strong tackler. He posted 10 tackles over expected, which is a sack, which is a solid number for the position. Um, but the main thing we're looking for outside of playing time and, and decent tackle floor at the DT position is high upside pass rush ability. And Hargrave has consistently been among the best in the league in that regard. He's finished in the top three at his position in pass rush grade in each of the past two years. We know the Eagles defensive line was elite, but that isn't what creates pass rush grade. It's much more on the individual player to earn those high marks. And Hargrave has done that every year. 49ers defensive line is pretty good in their own right. Uh, hopefully Nick Bosa comes back soon. But either way, there's going to be a ton of opportunity there for Hargrave, who they paid a lot of money to this offseason. They're, they're going to lean on him a ton. So I'm very happy going into the season with him as my DT1 when I didn't have to spend as much as I thought to get him. Oh, absolutely. When you can get him, like you said, six, seven, eight rounds later than some of the bigger names, it's hard to argue. And I'm not a guy who chases the big names at defensive tackle, even mm-hmm. tackle required leagues. So I agree with everything you said. Nice. Yeah, yeah. He's he's one of my favorites. I, I'm excited to see what he does this year. That should be a fun defensive line as well, as long as Nick Bosa comes back. So we'll, oh, we'll move on. Will. Yeah, I think so too. I I can't see him sitting out. But um, looking at uh, – actually, before we close out the defensive lineman here, I did mention my honorable mention. So I put Jalen Phillips. Um, I put he's an honorable mention for me. Almost everyone's kind of in on him now. Zadarius Smith was one of the other ones. Um, I also like like some of the the later guys, Odafe Owe, Marcus Davenport, Quiddy Pay, um, but also Leonard Williams and Christian Barmore uh, at, on the defensive tackle side as well. So um, just some fun bonus names there for the – You know, I threw a Preston Smith in there. Preston Preston Smith Smith is a good one, yeah. Yeah, it's, I have, I don't even know how many shares of Preston Smith. I know that I'm going to be able to get him late. I know that he's going to go out and put up probably between 45 and 50 tackles. He's going to give me between seven and nine sacks. I don't know that he's a guy I want starting every week, but when the bye weeks come around or if your starter goes down with a minor injury and he's going to be out for a week or two, you'll be glad you have Preston Smith on your roster. And he's free. He goes a, late in drafts. Yeah, that's a great call. People forget about Preston Smith, and they they forgot about him last year. And he was he was amazing last year. He, you know, even as an older player, like um, everybody's talking about, you know, Rashawn Gary and then Lucas Van Ness in Green Bay, but nobody's really paying attention to Preston Smith when he's just been a solid, reliable IDP um, year in and year out. So that yeah, I love that call. Um, Preston Smith is a good bonus name for sure. All right, let's go on to everybody's favorite position, the linebackers. Gary, who was your first my guy at the linebacker position? I've been beating the drum for this guy since March. So it's like the moment he signed with the Tennessee Titans. Aziz Alshire, oh, I just, I love the landing spot. I love what he has shown he is capable of doing two years ago when he filled in for an injured Dre Greenlaw and racked up, I believe, 102 total tackles. Had a top 25 run defense grade that year. He's going to be wearing the helmet communicator for the Titans. The tackle opportunities are going to be there. If there's a problem with Aziz Alshair, it's that there are a lot of people in the IDP community who love Aziz Alshair this year. So it drove his price up a little bit. But still, I mean, if you can get him as a mid-range LB2, if you can get him outside the top 20, absolutely. But I don't have a problem with drafting him 17th or 18th among linebackers. 
I think there's a path to top 10 numbers there for him just based on there are going to be a lot of opportunities and there's not much. I mean, who's he competing with for tackles at linebacker? Jack Gibbons. <laughs> That's it. That's literally it. Um, yeah, this is a great call here because you're right. He should be the clear cut LB one in Tennessee. There's nobody on that roster pushing him for snaps. I know that LB two role. Yeah. Jack Gibson, Jack Gibbons is there, but it's not even likely to be an every down role in that defense. So Aziz Alshair, he's going to be the only full-time linebacker there. And, Definitely, I think there's value there to scoop up. I think that 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 range that you're talking about, 17 to to 20 around there, somewhere in tier two, the tier two of linebackers is where I, I have him, and I, I think that's the right spot for him. And and a lot of the times I see him kind of fall. I'm very happy to get him as my LB one, um, as somebody that you don't necessarily have to pay up for to get like a Roquan or a Foyer or somebody like that. So um, I like the the uh, I'll show your call here. All right, let's go to one of my linebackers here. So I went with TJ Edwards of the Chicago Bears. So another free agent signing from this offseason going to a new team. Um, he's easily been one of my favorite linebacker targets this season. And he was last season as well. But I'm still on the TJ Edwards train here in 2023 because I don't think he's appreciated enough for what he's accomplished as a former UDFA out of Wisconsin. Uh, over the past two seasons, he's finished top five in tackles over expected with the Eagles. And all he's done is consistently improve his overall overall game uh he recently earned career highs with an 84.8 overall grade and a 79.7 coverage grade posted 159 total tackles last season 99 of them being solos after 130 total tackles in 2021 consistently one of the best at being around the ball as well he ranked 16th in first contact rate last season uh always strong tackle efficiency he's not always but almost always the second bears linebacker drafted in 2023 drafts but he is by far my favorite one to target especially once i see tremaine edmonds come off the board first i think edmonds has a really good chance to lead the bears team in tackles this season uh, and think he has some potential for maybe some positive regression in terms of overall big plays as well so i'm i'm putting him as my lb5 heading into 2023 oh i think i agree with you i think edwards is going to outscore edmonds i'm not a big tremaine edmonds guy I'm just not. So I would much rather, of the two, especially given their relative price tag and drafts, yeah, give me Edwards all day, every day. Yeah, there, there's been a few of those drafts, and, and they're rare, but there's been a few where TJ Edwards goes first, but... For the most part, I'd say like 90% of the times Tremaine Edmonds is going first. He's the more recognizable name. He got the bigger contract. He's got the first round capital. Um, but I'm, I'm very happy to just get TJ Edwards at, at a better value. And I think he could be the better IDP. So someday, someday I would love for someone to explain to me why the Chicago Bears got rid of Roquan Smith <laughs> so that they could turn around and give $18 million a season to Tremaine Edmonds because... <sighs> Uh, it, I and I've it, had people on Twitter try to say, well, Edmonds is as good as Roquan Smith. And I'm like, no, no, no he's really not. <laughs> It's it's pretty crazy, right? Like I and they, those guys were I think they were both in the same draft class, right? Roquan and, and Tremaine Edmonds. They, they came out the same year together as first round picks, and yeah, twenty eighteen. That's right. Yeah, Roquan just yeah, clearly clearly the better player. I the NFL is weird. I don't know what they're doing. I mean, <laughs> just look at look at the Indianapolis Colts right now and, and try to tell me what's going oh. on there. There's there's just a lot of this stuff that just is puzzling every single year. So um, I have no idea what they're thinking there. But 
let's go to the the Philadelphia Eagles. And no, it's not Nicobe Dean, but who is your guy here for the Eagles, Gary? I can't believe we're talking about him. <laughs> but yet here we are. It's one of those guys that just won't go away. Zach Cunningham yeah. has apparently worked his way into a three-down role because Philly plays a lot of two linebacker sets, you know, a lot of nickel. So mm-hmm. Cunningham's going to see snaps. Are we sure Kobe Dean is going to be that guy? I mean, I'm. it's not a slide on Kobe Dean. He was my number one off-ball linebacker prospect in that draft class. But he played, what, 20 defensive snaps last year. I mean, yeah. he's kind of an unknown. And if Cunningham's going to be out there, you know, 80% of the snaps, he's a guy that we have seen produce ridiculous tackle numbers in the past. I mean, it wasn't that long ago that he led the NFL in <clears throat> solos and total tackles. And I he, again, he's going late because I think a lot of people are still just coming to grips with the fact that Zach Cunningham is – on an NFL team, much less starting for one. So I've been able to scoop him up late in a couple of late drafts, and I just it it blows my mind. It really does. I mean, everyone thought for sure it was going to be Nicholas Morrow, right? <clears throat> and then they started talking up Christian Ellis as he was running ahead of Morrow in camp. And then they signed Cunningham and Miles Jack, and I was like, oh please God, don't let it be anyone but Miles Jack. Just anyone but Miles Jack. Yeah. And he retired. And now Cunningham's starting and he's IDP relevant again. It's some of these guys just will not. They're like the Freddy Krueger of IDP. You can't kill him. <laughs> That's a great. Yeah, I love that. Um, it, it's a great call out, right? Because what a value he could be right now heading into the season if he can hold on to that LB2 role all year. Or like you said, if he somehow emerges as the the linebacker that the Eagles trust the most. I mean, it seems like they're they're pretty into N'Kobe Dean. I know they had him wearing the green dot in the preseason and stuff, and he's been kind of their clear guy that they've they've been treating with the the starter uh, mentality giving him the rest days and everything like that during the preseason and so we'll see Uh, he's still obviously like you said young and unproven but Zach Cunningham is super super interesting now and even if it's just an 80% like snap share role like you said he has a history of being incredibly efficient with his opportunities and it's a good defensive scheme to potentially help with that as well i have the eagles defense ranked 10th in my like expected linebacker friendly defensive schemes which is a good strong number there so like you said they cut nicholas morto moro michael miles jack retired christian ellis probably the only real competition for cunningham and he's never been a starter in the nfl before so on a team that's looking to compete for a Super Bowl this year, I don't know if they'll go any other route than than leaving Cunningham out there. So I think you're, this IDP resurgence for 2023 is definitely in the cards here. And he's somebody that could potentially push for that top 12 linebacker on the year that you're getting like outside of the top 40 linebackers right now in drafts because like you said people can't believe that he's still he's he's made an nfl team so um it's uh it's pretty crazy that uh that zach cunningham is back but we'll take it because he's a good idp absolutely i'll take whatever i can get yeah for sure <laughs> so speaking of good idp linebackers i got another one here and that is denzel perriman of the houston texans so 
Another guy kind of flying under the radar this season. Um, credit to Adam Markham as well on the IDP show because he had Perriman as, as one of his flag plants for this season as well. I, I couldn't agree more. Last year, he played just barely over 550 defensive snaps in a defense that had him rushing the passer more than he ever has in his career. And, and it caused a dip in his overall efficiency um, on top of not playing an every down role. So I, I love the situation for him here in Houston playing for D'Amico Ryans. I think he could be the most valuable IDP linebacker on this team in 2023, bringing that maybe overall veteran presence and, and getting back to an every down role next to Christian Harris, who I don't think people realize um, was actually very inefficient with his opportunities last year. Christian Harris, that is. Um, but with Perriman, we've seen him be very efficient with his opportunities in a full-time role. As recently as 2021, he led all linebackers in tackles over expected that season with plus 34.7, and he didn't even need to play uh, 900 snaps to get there. So if he's healthy this year, he, he's consistently one of the better and more effective tacklers in the league. Even last year, playing in that Patrick Graham defense that didn't suit his abilities, he was still top 10 at his position in first contact rate and tackle for loss plus no gain rate. Um, now he'll play in one of the most tackle friendly defenses. They rank third in the league for D'Amico Ryans, which figures to be very zone friend zone. Yeah. Zone friendly lean into coverage schemes that yield higher tackle efficiencies for the position. Perriman could absolutely end up leading the league in tackles again, if he stays healthy and, and holds down that every down role in 2023. I, can't argue. And, you know, just like we all predicted back in, you know, March or April. Yeah, we're going to be talking about Denzel Perriman and Zach Cunningham just before the season starts. Those are going to be our guys. <laughs> That's what's going to happen this year. Yeah, I would have laughed. I would have laughed in somebody's face. Um, but this is this is why this is another reason why I, I tell people like every year there's going to be like surprise linebackers. So don't like get too caught up in holding on to that. Um, waiver wire guy that we picked up last year that's most likely going to lose their job because you will find guys late in the year that emerge and and yeah Zach Cunningham Denzel Perriman I, I think are exact uh, examples of that so um, excited to see what they can do this year uh, I put a few honorable mentions as well so I have Dre Greenlaw as one of them I know he's dealing with with an injury right now hopefully he's back by week one but also Devondre Campbell uh, Ernest Jones, Divine Diablo, and Jamin Davis were all guys that uh, I put on my honorable mentions list here that I that I like quite a bit at linebacker. I'll throw David Long on there too, mm. assuming if he can stay healthy. And that's the big if with David Long is that durability has been an issue for him. But it's also caused his ADP. You can get him fairly late. And his per-game productivity when he is healthy, I'll take that. I'd rather have him than Jerome Baker. Even though Baker's – I was a little surprised that Baker wound up wearing the green dot. But Baker's another guy, too, who I think might be a little undervalued this year. So either one of the Miami linebackers, I think, is a pretty good value at this point. Yeah, we've, we we talked about um, both Baker and, and David Long on this podcast before, like earlier in this offseason, talking about how those guys are values at, at this point because nobody's no, nobody really knows what to expect from them th this year. But I think it's going to be a more consistent defense for linebacker production than, than what we've been used to in Miami with like Brian Flores, scheme there and Josh Boyer. Um, I think, you know, Vic Fangio coming to town, I think makes it a little bit better for linebacker production than, than what we've got in the past. So I, I like the call there with, with David Long and Jerome Baker potentially uh, having a little bit of a better year as well. Um, all right. We got safeties next. 
Uh, Gary, who is your first my guy at the safety position? Well, I'm never allowed to draft a defensive back early because that's my brand, and I'm I just can't and even in draft if I want even if I want to I just can't yeah. I just have to at the Buckus draft I just had to sit there and wait and wait and wait I'm yeah. like okay 15, 15 are off the board it's still too early but one guy I really like this year Ryan Neal of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers we saw last year in Seattle what he could be capable of when the snaps were there over a 10-week stretch as a starter in place of the aforementioned injured Jamal Adams. He was a top 10 defensive back. We've already heard Antoine Winfield say that Winfield's going to be playing more of a deep safety role, which means Neal's going to be up the line of scrimmage. The linebackers he has to compete with tackles with are formidable, but we have seen those Tampa safeties produce. And, you know, Neal's a guy that is probably coming off the board after 20 defensive backs are gone. And he's a guy that I absolutely think you can get DB one upside out of. Yeah, he's he. I like him quite a bit. I, I put him as like one of my breakout candidates um, for for this season for the safety position and somebody that I've been getting quite a bit as well. He actually he's one of my like honorable mentions as well. Funny enough, but um, he I, I love Ryan Neal um, for twenty twenty three. You look at the Bucks defense and. They were a top 10 team in the league last season in single high coverage rates. So that allows that one safety to kind of play closer to the line of scrimmage. And like you said, Antoine Winfield figures to be the deep guy there. So Ryan Neal should get those ideal IDP alignments in 2023. And he he looked good last year. He was one of our highest graded safeties on the year, filling in for Jamal Adams in Seattle last year. I think, you know, now with him having the entire offseason as a starter, and then coming into week one as that starter for the Buccaneers, combined with the potential to play that primary safety uh, near the box role, I, I think he should greatly outperform his his strong 2022 season as well. And, and then hopefully provide fantasy managers like a really nice value relative to his cost in most drafts. Because like you said, he's somebody you could just wait on, wait on, wait on. Nobody's really looking for um, and then we scoop him up, and he ends up being a nice value. I was genuinely surprised when Seattle, because they tendered him as a restricted free agent, and then they mm-hmm. turned around and signed Julian Love and yeah. rescinded the tender. And, I mean, no slight against Julian Love, who had an excellent year last year, but, you know, they are if it's not broke, don't fix it. And they already yeah. had that guy to fill in for Jamal Adams. Then Ryan Neal, who knew the defense and was significantly less expensive from a salary cap standpoint. But I, like you said, weird things happen in the NFL. I am not a general manager, and Seattle's loss is Tampa's gain, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Not a general manager yet, um, but it's, it, it is interesting. I thought, yeah, Ryan Neal deserved that, that to stay on the team and, and potentially push for a starting role. It, it Maybe they're thinking like Jamal Adams is coming back and maybe Julian Love would be a cheaper replacement or they can maybe use him in a different kind of way than they could. I have no idea, but that, I, I, we don't need to think about it. He's on Tampa Bay now and yeah, hopefully ends up being a, good, a nice IDP for us this year because he doesn't cost much at, at, the, at this moment. Um, let's go on to one of my other safety picks here. So I went with Grant Delpit of the Cleveland Browns. So, I think I yeah I have him at safety eight for this season. So Jim Schwartz's defense is what is interesting for me for for Grant Delpit. I think it leads to more usage in the box than what he's had in prior years. Because when we last saw Jim Schwartz as a defensive coordinator for the 2021 Eagles, 
He ran one of the highest rates of single high coverages in the league. So again, allowing that one deep safety to play deep and the other one to kind of play closer in the, to the box and and uh, and potentially get the better IDP alignments. Juan Thornhill figures to play the deep role with the Cleveland Browns, which will hopefully allow Delpit to rotate down into prime tackle territory. Uh, he posted over 100 tackles last year, which was his first year as a starter in 2022. Um, I think we could see him potentially push for a new career high if Schwartz continues to lean into that single high deployment. He's not someone that is you know, catching the eye of most IDP managers even after posting that 100-plus tackle season last year. And you could comfortably grab him as your safety too a lot of the time, but as someone who spends almost no draft capital on safeties like you, uh, targeting him even as your safety one is perfectly fine with me. And in, he's not competing with a <laughs> with an elite cadre of linebackers for tackle opportunities either. That's for sure. Line, oh my, it's bad when Nicholas <laughs> Morrow when the Eagles release Morrow. I'm like, you know, should the Browns take a look at him? Maybe they sense. should. <laughs> <laughs> And they keep getting injured too, right? Because even, um, yeah, Jacob Phillips, two years in a row with a torn pack is brutal. And then the Jordan Jordan Kunazic, I I don't know how to say his last name, but he got hurt as well. But he was somebody they looked like was maybe going to get into the rotation. Anthony Walker and Sione Takitaki, we haven't seen this preseason because they've been dealing with injuries. So I just hope JOK ends up being an every down player, but I I still like him. I just don't know if they trust him to be an every down player in the NFL. So I loved him coming out of college and yeah. my love has gone unrequited i know i know it's <laughs> i think there was a lot of us who like jok and it just hasn't worked out to this point and i've taken a few cheap shots on him like like in <laughs> dynasty just to add to like just to get him onto the roster for for next to nothing and hope that he works out but ah eh, we'll see i, I don't feel yeah that optimistic <laughs> i've taken a few cheap shots at him while watching brown games <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Um, All right, let's finish it off here. We each got a safety left. Uh, Who is your last safety on the My Guys list? You know, every year there's got to be that guy that no one expects to become an IDP-relevant safety who rises from nowhere. And, you know, halfway in October, we're like, wait, he's ranked fourth? (laughs) You know, last year it was now – there were some people calling for Talanoa Hufanga to have a good year last year. Mm-hmm. I know I was one of them. But like Jonathan Owens a month into the season, none of us, no one right. was like, oh, look out for Jonathan Owens this season. <laughs> it didn't happen. So I'm going to go deep. I'm going to go dart throw. I'm going to go Tony Adams of the New York Jets. You know, nice. Jets signed Chuck Clark. He's going to be the guy. Chuck Clark tears his ACL. Jets turn around like the next day, bring in Adrian Amos, veteran safety, I think 122 career starts. He's going to be the guy. Only he got beat out by a second-year undrafted free agent in Adams. He was 11th in run defense grade in limited action lap. Granted, very few snaps, but he played the run well. And the Jets coaching staff appears to have all kind of, I mean, they're starting him over a capable veteran safety in Adrian Amos. And I just... Every year there's going to be one of those prize defensive backs. And Adams is free. I picked him up off the waiver wire in a couple leagues where I ran into some preseason defensive back trouble. Mm-hmm. Even in super deep, I've got a couple deep IDP drafts this weekend. I don't know if he'll be drafted in either one of them, to be honest. Yeah. So 
I mean, he's free. So what do you got to lose? That's that's exactly it. And, and you're right. I, I love the comparison, too, because Jonathan Owens um, w- w- was the exact example that I was kind of thinking of as well with this guy. Right. Because he, he's one that's kind of flown under the radar a little bit. I wrote about him in my um, like preseason week three takeaways article. But I think people were expecting maybe, you know, Adrian Amos or, or Ashton Davis to, to get a starting role next to Jordan Whitehead after the Chuck Clark injury. But nope. Tony freaking Adams, he's making the week zero waiver wire list here. Um, like you said, UDFA out of Illinois in 2022, only played in two full games last year in week 17 and 18, but he was productive. He had six tackles in each of those games. Not bad. Um, Jets, you know, they're not necessarily like a, a heavy single high team last year. So maybe not like a clear advantage to be had in terms of box snaps. But as far as getting a free starter for 2023, who should still get plenty of opportunities to be productive. Um, Adams is a great bet. Se- seemingly better than the former Jet, Jamal Adams, at least right now, who continues to, to not be healthy. <laughs> yeah. How are we going to see Jordan? We're going to wind up seeing Jordan Brooks. He yeah. tore up his knee in, what, week 17 last year, yeah. back on the field before Jamal Adams, who hurt his quad in, what, week two? I know. I think it was. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's unbelievable. I, I don't know what is going on with that guy, but he's he needs a new uh, rehab routine, that's for sure, because he's just not healing the way that uh, most of these NFL players seem to be healing. Right. So. It's uh, it's a little bit frustrating, that's for sure. So hopefully most people have moved on from Jamal Adams and aren't investing too heavily into him this season. But hey, he's still a good IDP when he's on the field. He's just not on the field that often. Um, <laughs> all right, let's do one last safety here. Uh, so I went with uh, Julian Blackman of the Indianapolis Colts. So this is another guy um, that is is very, very cheap in drafts. Not as much free anymore since he, that preseason usage has come out. But he's not he's also not been much of an idp contributor for most of his nfl career but i think that the big role change for 2023 is going to change that um he's the guy that's expected to step into gus bradley's uh defense as the strong safety now which is going to allow him to play closer to the line of scrimmage on the majority of his snaps and we saw that in the preseason he played a ridiculous 74 percent of his snaps in the box alone in that final preseason game so if Blackman ends up even with like a typical tackle efficiency, like correlating to those high percentage of box snaps at 10.8%, then he could very well outperform his current ADP by like a really wide margin. He posted four tackles on those 35 snaps. So he did hit that high end 11.4% tackle efficiency that is rare for, rarer for a safety. So if that's where we're what we're going to get on a larger sample size all season long, then that that's going to create tackle numbers for the position. Um, and he's someone that you can still get for almost free in, in a lot of leagues right now. So um, another guy that I love to, to scoop up here uh, late in 2023 drafts is Julian Blackman. No, oh, I love cheap safeties. I love them. <laughs> yeah, My think- teams are built around cheap safeties. Yeah, the, the, I, I talked about this like like this week. I, I did a, like an IDP draft strategy um, podcast and just talked about like just do not draft safety until the end and, and save them till the final rounds along with corners. You'll be fine. Load up on those more valuable positions in drafts. And, and it, it, there's so many of them. Every team has at least two full-time starters, um, corner even more. So it's just it's not worth spending up when you can get guys like this for cheap. So 
Um, I do have a couple honorable mentions at the safety position as well. So Cameron Curl was another one who I love. Kyle Duggar, Kyle Hamilton. So these guys are a little bit more expensive, that's for sure. But um, guys that I still really like for this season overall, not somebody that it, not guys that I typically end up having being able to acquire because they're a little bit more expensive. Ryan Neal is the other one. And I put Nate Hobbs uh, for the Las Vegas Raiders at cornerback as well, just to give some cornerback love in there. I'll throw Donovan Wilson out there. If nice. only because I, I think he was undervalued before he got hurt. Now he's got the, I believe it's a calf injury. So his week one status is a little bit in doubt, mm-hmm. but I mean, if I can get him outside the top 30 defensive backs, I don't care if he misses a week or two. Yeah. I mean, you didn't, you know, the Cowboys, J Ron curse, both the Cowboys' safeties are undervalued this year, and I don't understand. Given the numbers that we've seen those guys put up and the number of three safety looks that the Cowboys are going to run, which is a lot, yeah. I just – I keep – I'll be scrolling, you know, going to make a pick, and I'm scrolling down. I'm, why are the Cowboys' safeties still – so next thing you know, I'm going off to Twitter to check and make sure that there's not an injury <laughs> that I don't know about. You know, that Wilson didn't aggravate his calf or Kirsten didn't get right. hit by a bus or something. <laughs> and with – and I even like in the Buckus division, I drafted Curse and Wilson. I handcuffed safeties in that draft <laughs> because not? I figured one of the two is going to be valuable for me and is going to be starting in week one. Well, I wanted Kevin Byard, but Nate Markham. And again, when Markham's, I, I can't just get sniped. When people snipe me, they have to shoot me dirty looks. Right. <laughs> just to like rub it in. So I will have my vengeance against Nate Markham and John Norton. <laughs> You heard it. I have, here. A, I have a I have a list of yeah, people yeah, that yeah. I that I will have vengeance against, and it nice. keeps getting long, keeps getting longer. <laughs> it's going to be a long list by the end of the year. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like Santa's list. Yeah, it's just yeah. one of those ones that just rolls out. <laughs> Well, I'm going to hope to avoid that list at least, but we'll see how things go. We got a few leaks together um, that that should be fun this year, but uh, th- this was fun. Uh, you know, now everybody kind of knows the players that we love, um, even if you did already have an idea of who they were, since I, I know I've talked about mine a lot all off season long, just some more detail into why we're in on these IDPs for 2023. Um, if you do have any drafts with Gary and I coming up, then I'd prefer you don't use any of this information against us and just go ahead and wipe this episode from your memory to avoid Gary's uh, hit list. And if you don't have any more drafts with us um, in them, then I hope you enjoyed this episode and will now consider my guys, your guys as well. So Gary, massive thank you to you for for taking the time to come on the show once again to do this with me. Uh, truly means a lot. And, and I always enjoy getting to talk football with you and, and, and enjoy your insight. So, so thank you very, very much. No, pleasure is absolutely mine. Appreciate it. And and before you go, can you do me one last favor and please list the sites where people can find your work? Because I'm terrified that I'd miss something since I did that intro okay. almost an hour ago. Oh, pop quiz. <laughs> Bleacher Report, The Athletic, Football Diehards, Football Guys, Fantasy Sharks, NBC Sports Edge. If you just follow me on Twitter at IDP Sharks, I'll have links. I post links to all the stuff I write in the million different places where I write it. I have a problem saying no. I just, people say, Hey Gary, do you want to write something? And I said, okay. Especially if there's money involved because I yeah. like money because that keeps the electricity and the internet on so that I can write more. So, so it's just kind of like a hamster wheel. It's an IDP sure. hamster wheel. Is what it's it is. the, it's the circle of life over there. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, definitely check out Gary's work. You could find it everywhere. Um, and it's all quality work. So um be sure to check that out and 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 uh give Gary some support on those websites. So 
as for me, you could find me almost every day on the PFF Fantasy Podcast. Um, I mentioned it. I just recently recorded an IDP draft strategy episode over there. So be sure to check out that as well. Um, and, and if you're into offensive stuff as well, I guess you could check out the other episodes too. Um, thank you as always to the boys, Josh, Adam, Bobby, for having me on here in the IDP show family. Uh, this is the last episode of the year. Uh, and I always like to thank them. I'm forever grateful to get to talk IDP with you all and, and wouldn't be able to do it without them. So love those guys. Can't thank them enough. Uh, huge thank you to every single guest who was kind enough to come on that I was lucky enough to have on the show this year to talk IDP with me. Uh, Josh, Adam, Bobby, again. Evan Ronda, Jake Colhagen, John Glosser, um, Joey the Tooth, Kyle Bellyfool, Tom Kislingberry, Jace Abbey, Dynasty Trip, Justin Varnes, Mike Wollert, and of course, Mr. Gary Davenport. Um, and more than anything, the most important thank you goes to everyone who has listened to the show, whether it was for every minute of every episode or one minute for one episode. I appreciate you all. I cannot tell you enough how much it means to me that you care to listen to me at all. So thank you very much. Um, I hope you all are ready for the season so that you can dominate your fantasy leagues this year. Uh, and I hope that I was able to help with that. You can always reach out to me at PFF underscore Macri on the Twitter if you have any more fantasy football questions. But aside from that, enjoy week one. And until another time, IDP's out.